0: Welcome to Doctor Who's 50 and 50, episode 40. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. Today we continue our look at the major stories of the classic Doctor Who with story number 105, City of Death. This originally aired in four parts from September 29th to October 20th, 1979 and was the second story of season 17. It features Tom Baker's Doctor and the second Romana, played by Lella Ward. Now the on-screen writing credit is given to David Agnew. That's actually a pseudonym For the writing team of staff writer David Fisher, story editor Douglas Adams, and producer Graham Williams. And yes, this is the same Douglas Adams who went on to release Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Actually, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was out as a radio play at this point, but Adams had been writing for Doctor Who and was story editor on Doctor Who before that happened. His first screen writing credit for Doctor Who was story number 99, Pirate Planet, and his third and final writing credit was for Story 109, Shot. This is the second of the three, and oddly enough, because of circumstances well beyond his control, Shada becomes the first episode that really skews the story counting for Doctor Who. So The basic plot of City of Death is that the Doctor and Romana are still using the randomizer to avoid getting caught by the Black Guardian following the Key to Time series, and they end up in Paris 1979. While they're there, they stumble across a plot to steal the Mona Lisa, as well as six other seemingly genuine copies of the Mona Lisa. And a local detective has been hunting a particular local count because he feels he's counterfeiting similar works of art, although every one of them stands up to every scientific test that can be thrown at them. The villain of this piece is played by Julian Glover, who previously played Richard the Lionheart in story 14, The Crusade, which opens up some interesting continuity questions. Because his character in this one is an alien who's been fractured into 12 pieces that are scattered throughout human history, guiding them and steering them for his own ends. Now if you've got 12 pieces in history that are fractured and steering human evolution, perhaps Richard the Lionhearted was one of them. So it's not so much an actor reuse as, well now we're revealing what he actually was. I don't think that was the intention in any way, shape, or form. I doubt they were expecting people to recognize an actor that they'd last used in 1964, but it's possible. And this character is also likely the precedent that Stephen Moffat was referring to when he said there was precedent for the solution to the mystery surrounding Clara Oswald in the updated version of Doctor Who. So Julian Glover's alien originally landed on Earth about 400 million years ago, and a risky takeoff caused not just the explosion that scattered him through time, but also sparked the creation of life on Earth. So he's been spending the years since then commissioning extra valuables throughout his incarnation and storing them away to be collected by his later incarnations to be sold by his other selves so that he can create a time travel experiment, send himself back in time to prevent that launch, and save himself as the last of his species, and also coincidentally prevent the creation of life on Earth. So the Doctor intervenes essentially to doom this alien so that humanity can live. So it is an entertaining story, and it is voted one of the best Tom Baker stories by Bureau 42 readers. If you're listening to these podcasts, you certainly have enough backstory and enough familiarity with the concept of Doctor Who to sit down and watch and enjoy it. It's well worth doing so. The only thing that rubs me the wrong way is this seems to be one of the few times where the Doctor doesn't look for a way to save everybody. He works very hard to save humanity, but doesn't seem to care too much about saving the other alien race. I'm used to the Doctor trying to save everybody on both sides of the conflict unless, you know, the other side are Cybermen or Daleks. So it did strike me as a little bit odd in that respect, but not tremendously so. It's enough of a strange situation that there just may not be a way to save everyone involved. That's pretty much everything we have to say about City of Death. Now, going by the reader votes on Bureau 42, the next story that we would have been discussing would be Earthshock. I haven't been able to track a copy of that down. It is out of print and none of my local retailers still carry copies, so we're going to be substituting Time Flight instead. So please join us again tomorrow when we discuss Time Flight, and thank you for listening.